0: Bismillah Rahmanir rahman rahim In the name of Allah, the Most Beneficent, the Most Merciful The Islamic Propagation Office at Rabwa www.islamhouse.com is pleased to present to you this lecture entitled The Third Parent By Muhammad Sharif
1: إن الحمد لله نحمده سبحانه ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله تعالى فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله عز وجل فقد أمرنا الله تعالى بذلك في كتابه الكريم فقال تعالى يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ وقال تعالى يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منه رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا ثم اما بعد <coughs> dear brothers and sisters Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about a fact on the day of judgment Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says <coughs> <coughs> subhanahu wa ta'ala Inna as-sam'a wal wal Kullu Kullu Kana Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us About our responsibility And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Inna as <coughs> That verily a person's eyes, or sorry, a person's hearing, wal basara, and a person's seeing, wal fu'ad, and that which is in the heart, kulu ula'ika kana anhu mas'oola. That all of those things, the person's hearing, and what the person sees, and what's in the person's heart, he will be questioned, and he will be responsible for all of those things. And Rasulullah said that on the day of judgment, that the person will not move from his place until he's asked about certain things. And from these things, that the Prophet ﷺ said, وَعَنْ شَبَابِهِ ma afna, And he will be asked about his youth, how he exhausted it, and how he spent his youth. It is something which will be questioned, and it's something that a person is responsible for on the Day of Judgment. Dear brothers and sisters, a close friend of mine was coming to study in Medina and he said that when he left his his country he had left his friend or he had said salam to a a close family of his and then he said the child, the youth, the young boy in that house didn't get up to say salam to him as he left the house he said that he saw that boy decked out on his stomach in the living room decked out sitting on his stomach his chin in his hands and we know which direction he was facing not the Qibla but towards the television set. And he said, I left, and this was the last image I had of this boy. He said four years later, he hadn't gone home for four years, when he came to that house, the same house, he entered the house, and he saw another image. It was that boy sitting decked out on the couch, on his stomach, with his chin in his hands, staring not in the direction of the qibla, but in the direction of the television, four years later in the exact same position. The boy had gotten a little chubbier and he got a little bigger, but there he was four years later in the same position. Dear brothers and sisters, today inshallah, we wanted to speak about the television and its dark side. Now our intention isn't that everybody goes home and if they have a TV, that they throw it from the balcony, but this would be something good, but it's not our intention. Our intention rather is that A person who does or is indulging in this television set That they understand the potency and the evil of what they have in their house And they understand this means that shaitan has come to the person Not only the person himself But the evil that shaitan now has To get to his wife To get to his daughters To get to his sons And to get to his whole project His whole family Even after he passes away In qawahid fiqhiyya which is the principles or legal maxims in the Sharia Allah There is a principle that says Or a legal maxim that says إِنَّ That the means takes the same ruling As the intention of the goal And they say that the television set The TV itself is just a wasila. وس- it's just a means to do something All it is just the box And the plugs and the wires and the screen It's just a means, and that the person's intentions in using that, just like a person can use a gun. He can use it for noble things, such as jihad for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to uh, liberate his country, to take it from the oppression. He uses this gun, but that same gun can be used for evil, especially if it's given to a child. Especially when it's given to a child. And the TV is like this. Although that the TV by its nature, the things that come out from it are very, the evil overcomes the good that it, there may be in there. I remember in an ESL class that I used to teach overseas. And one of the first classes that I would teach them, and I would ask them, what are some words in the, <clears throat> in the English language that's originally from Arabic? And of course, the students, you know, slowly they'll pick it up. They may have forgotten. But they'll say words like, Kimia, chemistry, which comes from the Arabic Kimia. And they would say things like, Physics, which comes from the Arabic Physia. And they'll say things like, Algebra, which comes from the Arabic word (coughs) al And it's a very ironical thing. Then I told them, what are some Arabic words that came from the English language? And as you think, you can't think of anything other than radio, which comes from radio, the English radio. And you also have the Arabic dush, which is a satellite dish. And you also have, of course, At tilfaz, which is the television set. And right there you see what they took from us and what we took from them. What they took from us and what we took from them. <coughs> and hence, You'll see Sheikh Bin Baz rahimahullah commenting on this television set And he says, with regards to television, it's a dangerous device and its harmful effects are very great And he says that we know from the research that's been written about it from the words of experts From the Muslim experts and from non-Muslim experts And believe me, the non-Muslim experts are much more than the Muslims in telling people the evil of the television To indicate it's dangerous and very harmful to a person's aqidah To a person's aqidah, that's the things that make up the life of his faith, his aqidah, the tenets of his faith, the morals, and the state of the society. He says, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, continuing that this is because of the presentation on the television of bad morals, tempting scenes, immoral pictures, semi nakedness, destructive speech, and the kufr that that, uh, continues to be. Sent out, it encourages imitation of the, the kuffar conduct and their ways of dressing. Respect for their leaders and neglect of Islamic conduct and the Islamic way of dressing. And looking down on the scholars of Islam and the heroes of Islam. And it damages their image by portraying them in an off-putting manner that makes people despise them and ignore them, meaning uh, the Muslim scholars. And it shows people how to cheat, how to steal, it shows them how to make plots. And commit acts of violence against each other. And so he concludes without doubt, anything that produces so many bad results should be stopped and should be shunned. And we have to close all the doors that could lead to it. If some of our brothers denounce it and speak out against it, we cannot blame them because this is a part of sincerity towards Allah and towards other people. In Sahih al Bukhari, the Prophet tells us the story of Juraj al Abin. Juraj Al-Abid Who came before uh, the Prophet ﷺ Who was a very pious worshipper And as he was worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In his prayer His mother called him She said, Ya Juraj, come here And in his salah he said Ya Rabbi, salati am ummi He said, O Allah, my salah or my mother my salah or my mother, he was he was thinking and he was confused. Should I break my salah to go answer my mother or should I continue in the salah? So much so, till his mother eventually cursed him in that situation. And I'll ask you, what was the curse that she said? She said, may you see a prostitute. And she didn't say, may you uh, commit any action with her. She said, may you just see a prostitute because she was angry at him. And dear brothers and sisters, how many times have we seen this on television sets? And it's a curse, and she meant it as a curse. And how many times have we cursed our children by having them sit down? And how many programs do you know where the main character has to deal something with this type of a woman? How many programs, how many times have we inadvertently or advertently cursed our children in the exact same way? And Abdullah Ibn Umar radiAllahu taala `anhu, he passed by some people playing chess. Playing chess. In fact, people today would say it's a game that where a person uses his mind. And he saw them sitting there and staring at this game board. And then he recited the verse of Allah subhanahu wa taala: ما هذه التماثيل التي أنتم لها عَاكِفُونَ He said, "What? The verse meaning, what are these idols that you stand in vigilance over?" What are these idols that you're standing in vigilance over? And he's talking about a chessboard. And subhanAllah, what would he think if he saw all the ummah today sitting in front of their television sets? Sitting in vigilance and concentration and dumbfoundedness in front of that one-eyed monster. Dear brothers and sisters, the Prophet ﷺ said, that on the Day of Judgment, and believe this is to the companions, this was the most beloved hadith. And for many of people today, it may be the most scariest hadith. For the Prophet ﷺ said, Al mar'u man ahab. And many of the children here in the school know this hadith. Al mar'u man ahab. That a person shall be with whom he loves on the Day of Judgment. If you tell your child, that on the Day of Judgment, this great horrific day, that you're going to be with Michael Jordan. Would the child be happy or would he be sad? I'll tell you that the majority would be happy. They would be happy. They'll say, I'm going to be with my coach. Can I get his autograph when we're in hellfire together? That's what they're thinking. But this child, he's so happy and so proud that he's going to be with this person on the Day of Judgment. And when the people that we want them to be with, when we ask them about them, they don't even know their names. Who are the Khulafa Al-Arba? I don't know. These are people we want them to be with. But if they don't even know their names, how can they know anything about their lives? How can they imitate their lives when they don't know the first thing about them? They don't know the first thing about them. The person will be with whom he loves. We have to ask ourselves, who do we love? Who do we love? Because that's the person we're going to be with on the Day of Judgment. And it's funny that... (coughs) If you ask a child to, you give them a chance, you said, I'm going to give you a poster of anything you want, a poster of your greatest hero. A poster of your greatest hero, I'm going to let you put it up in your, in your room. Who will the child pick? Will they put a picture up of their father or their mother? Most likely not, because they don't attach the word hero to a father or mother. Most likely, they'll put up a basketball player. For the boys, a basketball player, a football player, Maybe for the boys also, they'll put up uh, an actor, an actress. They'll put up a cartoon. And believe me, a lot of and people already know this, they'll put a picture of Pokemon up in their, in their room. Uh, Winnie the Pooh will go up in their room. And also the girls may put up a musician. They might put up a model up in the room. And the, these are who they look up to. And they won't put it low by the feet. They'll put it up high so every time they go to bed and it brings them happiness to see these pictures. And then the par- and some parents that, that say that I've brought in this TV and I'm monitoring the television, let's just know that 95% of these television sets for children 8 years and older are not mo- monitored by the children. And even if you think you're monitoring, just step out of the house for 5 minutes. Where does the kid run to? He runs to the television set to turn on, to watch unmonitored, unmonitored uh, television program. And we know that, I know as we grow up, that the bad scene always comes when the parents walk in. Right? Everybody knows that. That the show is going fine, it's going fine until the bad scene comes and the parent comes in. He gets mad, she gets mad a little bit. TV gets shut. The person goes to the room, but the next day it's back to that television set. What lesson was learned that makes sure the parent isn't there when the bad scene comes? Just as long as they're not there, it's okay. And you'll see that the Prophet ﷺ, now even if a a parent has brought the TV, has brought the video into the house, and is monitoring everything that's going on, he has the cameras everywhere, even when they leave, to know that nothing harm. And let me just tell you that when you see PG-13, it'll say that this is not suitable for children. Scenes may not be suitable for children If it's not suitable for children You can pretty much bet it's not suitable for Muslims either And that's PG-13 That's the general uh, thing you see on the movies Forget the rated R, forget about that This is just PG-13 Not suitable for children under 13 (coughs) The Prophet ﷺ said that Now we imagine this person is monitoring everything What if that person dies on the way to work? And then the mother is left with the children. This happens very much. She's left with the children and they inherit, not this great fund from the bank, they inherit the television set. They inherit the video. And then there's nobody to monitor them after that. The Prophet ﷺ said, ما من راع يسترعيه الله تعالى رعية فمات وهو غاش إلا the Prophet ﷺ said that there's not a single shepherd or an imam or an emir, and everybody's an emir or a shepherd in some way. According and here we're talking about the children, the parents being the amir or the ra'i here. The Prophet ﷺ said that not a single ra'i shepherd will die in a state where he's cheating his ra'iyah. He's cheating them. He's in the middle of cheating them. And, and not fulfilling the responsibility of, of teaching them Islam and uh, properly upbringing them, he dies in that state, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes Jannah haram upon him. Allah makes it haram for that person to enter Jannah. And the علماء, تعالى, They would mention this because in, in some Muslim countries, they were very much engrossed in bringing into the satellite dish. They would bring in uh, stock loads of this satellite dish, and they would just pop up on houses. And the scholars would mention this hadith when discussing this issue. That if the person brought in the satellite dish, and brought in and believe when they get the satellite dish, they're hoping for American channels. They're hoping they can get a reception from America. We don't even need a satellite dish. This is what comes on our regular television set. And believe me, their satellite is much better than our regular television. That if the person dies in this state, that, that they may be entered into this hadith. That they've cheated their children and cheated their family. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala billah may make jannah haram upon them. And dear brothers and sisters, when we ask about the purpose of life, maybe the kuffar, their purpose is to just entertain themselves. Because this is their jannah. They have nothing else. You'll see in Thamud when before the punishment came, he says, fi ayyam. He said, "Entertain yourselves for three days." Muslims may think that we also were here on earth to entertain ourselves. He said, "Entertain yourself for three days before the horrific punishment of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala came upon them." And we're not here to entertain ourselves to death. You'll see Rebi'i ibn Amr Radiallahu taala anhu, when the king of Persia told him and they and they were about to battle the Muslims and they were to conquer Persia and, and create all of Persia and uh, make them all Muslims. Rabi'i Amr, the spokesman for Islam on that day, he came to him and he said, what's the message that you're bringing? And Rabi'i radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, لنخرج العباد من عبادة العباد إلى عبادة رب العباد. He said Allah sent us And He's telling us the reasons why we're here as an ummah He said Allah sent us to take the worship of people The worship of the slaves to other human beings Take them away from that And rescue them from worshipping other human beings To worship the Lord of all the slaves And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَمِن ذِيقِ الدُّنْيَا إِلَىٰ سِعَةِ wal وَالْآخِرَةِ And from the chokehold of this material world To the expansiveness of the dunya and the akhirah, The expansiveness of this life and the hereafter. وَمِنْ جَوْرِ الْأَدْيَانِ إِلَىٰ عَدْلِ الْإِسْلَامِ And to rescue them from the corruption of the cults and the religions. to, To rescue these people from the corruption of the other cults and religions to the justice of Islam. Dear brothers and sisters, with all this time that's being spent on the television, if we don't know how to read Qur'an, what's stopping us from shutting off that television and registering in the Qur'an Institute? Two days a week, put in a few hours and learn how to recite the Qur'an. What's stopping us if we don't know the Arabic language? When I'm reciting some verses here, a lot of people don't understand what these words are saying. The translation has to come. Why aren't we registering in the Arabic Institute? Two days a week and learning the language of the Qur'an. Why aren't we, if we don't know the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, why aren't we coming to the seerah classes? If we don't know the fiqh of the kitab and sunnah, why aren't we coming to this class or that class? Every Friday, every Saturday, you'll see the crowds just diminish and maybe one line of people coming to learn these things. But all those people that are sitting at home, what are they doing at home? They're spending four hours on the weekends. Some of the kids, they may not watch TV except on the weekends. Rather, that's when they should spend their time wisely. Doesn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell us in the Qur'an, وَقُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَغُضُّوا مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ وَيَحْفَضُوا فُرُوجَهُمْ ذَلِكَ أَزْكَى لَهُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا يَصْنَعُونَ Doesn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say, tell the believing men to lower their gaze? To avert their gazes, فروجهم, And protect their private parts, ذَلِكَ أَزْكَى This is more pure for them, إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ بما That verily Allah is all aware of what they're doing. How does someone reconcile that ayah, and the ayah after telling the believing women to lower their gaze also, how do they reconcile that with the television set? How does it reconcile? The two don't go together. That two don't go together. And I'm sure you've heard of Cupid. You've heard of Cupid. You've seen it on the TV a lot. And you've seen it in their folklore. Cupid is this uh, chubby little boy with wings that they say is the angel of love. This is what they say. That the angel of love... And that on the television program, when a boy meets a girl, Cupid pops up, this supposed angel of love, and pulls out an arrow... And strikes the boy or strikes the girl in their heart, and then these hearts start popping out, and the boy uh, falls in love. Correct? What did the Prophet ﷺ say? That's not Cupid that you're watching; it's shaitan. it's Iblis. The Prophet ﷺ said, "Inna sahmun min Iblis." He said that the look. And you'll see in the show, it's always the person looks at the person. That look is an arrow, a poisoned arrow from Shaitan. A poisoned arrow from Shaitan. And every time you see that Cupid, you know that Shaitan's laughing at your children, saying, this is Shaitan, right there. The the character is Shaitan on the show. The character is Shaitan. Just blatantly, and not even showing the behind the scenes, all the devilish work that Shaitan does. Sheikh Al-Tahan, Hafidahullah, he says that, and this is in a Muslim country, and again, it's not even reflecting on what goes on in, in, in America. He says that uh, this woman phoned him late at night. And he picked up the phone, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and, and she said, is this uh, Sheikh Al-Tahan? And he said, yes, this is me. And she said, are you sure it's Sheikh Al-Tahan? Are you sure? She kept repeating, he said, yes, yes, what's wrong? Until she, you know, she believed that it was him, she started crying on the phone. She started crying, crying, and he said, What's wrong, Yaamatullah? What's wrong? And she said that last or two days ago, the father of the house brought in a TV and a video. He brought in a TV and a video, and he started renting movies. And she said, Tonight, I went late into my children's room, and she has a young boy and a young girl, and he said, I saw my child committing the haram that he saw on the video with his younger sister. She said, I saw this, and she started crying. Because, dear brothers and sisters, he couldn't have done that until he, he saw with his eyes how to do it. And then he performed the act. And who do you think is responsible for that? I remember in uh, the faculty of Sharia, after a grueling first year and the exams and the fear of failing and, and all, all, the, all the hard work that had gone into that and all the brothers that, that were studying over there, after, after coming home to Canada, coming home to Canada, I remember a friend, Coming up to myself and another person and saying, you know, we were discussing with him. And he said that, you know, as the discussion went along, he said, You know last night on Seinfeld, Seinfeld said such and such. And subhanAllah, when I, when I heard him say that, I said that for a whole year, for a whole academic year, I've never heard a single scholar say, Qala Seinfeld wa That Seinfeld said such and such. I've never heard it. It had never touched my ears for a whole year. And you can believe me that our children are not hearing قَالَ الْإِمَامُ الشَّافِعِي كَذَا وَكَذَا They are not hearing قَالَ الْإِمَامُ أَبُوْ حَنِيفَ كَذَا وَكَذَا They're not hearing what the scholars say. They're hearing what this comedian said and what this sports person said and what that person said. And that's what's entering their ears and that's what's filling their minds. And some people may argue that the TV is just a harmless form of entertainment. And subhanAllah, just thinking like this, you'll see that you have two things. You have haram and you have bid'ah. You have haram and you have bid'ah. They say that the bid'ah is more evil and more destructive than the haram. For the reason that when a person commits the haram, such as eating pork, he knows it's haram and that knowledge, inshallah, may eventually help him to abstain from eating the pork. But when a person commits bid'ah, he doesn't think what he is doing is haram. He doesn't think what he is doing is haram, which makes it very, very difficult for him to ever leave that bid'ah. Because he actually thinks he's doing something good, or he's doing something trivial, or he's doing something harmless. Or he's doing something harmless. And some people may say that they watch the news Or they watch TV for the news or for educational programs. When we ask you, dear brothers and sisters, is there no other way to get the news? Is there no other way to get the news? All you have to do is just get a newspaper or ask someone. You can get the news and other than bringing this to your children. And for Islamic activities, for Islamic activities, is there no other way than to bring Adam's world to the children? Now, Allahu A'lam, we're not speaking to every parent and for maybe for parents that are out there that they need these products. But if your children are consistently going into an Islamic school, attach them to the Qur'an. Attach them to the Sunnah, Attach them to the things that will benefit them. And this is the crowd that we're speaking to. We're talking to Muslim children going to a Muslim school. And parents that inshallah want to bring their children to the Muslim school, that we want something higher for them. We want something higher and more noble. And did anybody ask the television, did anybody ask why they're giving you free TV? What they call free TV? Why are they bringing such great programs on? Why are they showing E.T. on the television when everybody had to pay so much money when we were growing up? Now they're showing it for free. Why are they doing this? What are they selling? Dear brothers and sisters, they're not selling Coke on television. They're not selling Nike products on television. They're not selling McDonald's hamburgers on television. They're selling you. They're selling anybody that watches TV. If they don't have a certain audience, and this is in the millions, they'll say if it's not like 30 million people watching this show, they'll cancel it. And I'm sure the numbers are higher than that. They'll cancel it because they're selling the viewer to the advertising companies. They're saying we're putting on this great show so that we'll have 30 million people watching and then for a million dollars, we'll give you 30 seconds to talk to them. For $1 million in the Super Bowl, don't they pay that much money? And if I said how many people watched the Super Bowl, I'm sure you'd see a lot of hands raising up. This is even the Muslim crowd. You can imagine with the non-Muslims. They pay one million dollars for 30 seconds just to tell you your message. Or just to tell the message. And they understand the statistics. Brand loyalty, they say, when a child is two years old, the brand loyalty begins at that age. At what age do you think you were when you, you said, I love Coke and not Pepsi? Or the opposite, you said that I love Pepsi and I'm going to defend it and I, I, and I hate people that, that drink Coke. What age did that happen? And when you think about it, you'll say that when you were a little kid and your parents would take you to houses, you would say, Pepsi, Pepsi, I want that, that Pepsi, to drink it at the, at the meals. And on average, a viewer watches 20,000 commercials a year. 20,000 commercials a year. If you read the Qur'an 20,000 times in a year, Or if you read 20,000 pages of the Qur'an, how much Qur'an do you think you would memorize? How much Qur'an? Or if you read a single page 20,000 times, do you think you would memorize it? You have to pay attention to the timings in your life, dear brothers and sisters. And to give just a simple example that not only... These are just products, this is just materialism. On one side, you have the other side of aqeedah which is more deadly and which is something hidden, it's not so apparent until you start poking it out of, of the people that are watching te- television and the people engrossed in this kind of culture. To give an example of this, go to a lecture where the speaker is talking about women's rights, women's rights in Islam. And get a a group of Muslim youth that grew up here, not someone that came from overseas, people that grew up here in North America. And let them start a debate with the imam. Where do they get their points from? You'll see it'll become a heated debate. They'll talk about this issue and that issue, about women's rights. But where are they getting their points from? They didn't read it in an Islamic book. All they're telling back to the imam is something that they used to watch on television. Or something they learned in the public school curriculum the feminism starts coming out. And they start saying that this is unjust in Islam. This is unjust in Islam. They're getting it from the television set. And why are they so hostile to Islam and not hostile to the Western views? Because the television tells them you have to be open-minded so long as you don't disagree with us. So long as you don't disagree with us. Because if you disagree with the Western view, what happens? You go up on CNN as a terrorist. And that's what happens if you disagree with the Western view, They won't allow you to disagree with them. Because then they have all this media to back them up and they'll throw everyone against you anyway. And now, dear brothers and sisters, if this is the programming, where does the deprogramming come in? Where does the deprogramming come in? You'll see that more than half of the children would rather sit with the television than sit with their mother and father. And you have to ask yourselves that. When you tell your child, close your favorite program and come sit with your mommy, come sit with your daddy, will they shut off their favorite program? They won't. Because they love it more than some of their parents. Because it's more attractive to them. And this is something that that same parent may have brought to them. And I asked, and this coming into conclusion, giving some options other than this television and other than this sedated lifestyle, that I asked the children what's the one thing that would make them shut off their favorite program? What would make them give it up? And you'll see that most of the children would say that if there's some sort of outdoor activity, if there's some sort of after-school activity, physical activity outdoors, they would give up their program. So we need to work hard on making alternatives for these children. Not just tell them to shut off the TV and sit and do nothing. But making alternative programs after school. Be more involved with our children so that inshallah they can build a lifestyle that's not surrounded around this television set. And from these options that we have, we can have outdoor activities. Or you can teach your children extracurricular skills or yourself. You can take martial arts, take calligraphy. Uh, Take your children to visit the library And read beneficial books Have them start a job on the side Maybe get them serious about life And serious about work They should do acts of worship Doing dhikr, reciting Qur'an Doing their salah, fasting Thinking about the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they should ha- or we should all adopt an Islamic cause in our area. Here's the school. Why don't we ju- shut off the television and be part of an Islamic cause and help bring it up and help liven it and help raise it up? We shouldn't, ins- there's the example of supporting an Islamic magazine. You have the magazines here, help them out, help out with a newspaper, write an article, help distribute it, gather facts for someone and work with it. Take up a charitable or help a charitable organization. Those that help the orphans, the needy, the Muslims, divorcees, elderly. And join a committee to help organize these events that help them. There are many celebrations on Eid and and, uh, groups of people that organize these activities. Be part and volunteer in those things. You should find righteous friends. And go and visit them and spend halal time with your friends. You can read Islamic books in particular and general books or useful stories in general. We should take part in da'wah activities. We should take part in specific men activities, and for the women, specific women's activities, such as the sister's halaqah, and for the men, they would have their own activities. We should have, or take part in the preschool programs in the Islamic schools. We can listen to tapes, we can listen to lectures, we can write summaries of those lectures, and distribute them to people, and explain them to people. We can do arts and crafts. We can cook items and make a bake sale for the Islamic school, make a bake sale for your Islamic program that you're working on. We can take an interest in computers, we can learn about the computers, we can, and there's so many beneficial programs that a person can learn from through the computer. A person can take up uh, weaving, can take up spinning, cutting out, sewing, a person can take up gardening, a person can take up exercise. And the person, or if you just look it through the list, it keeps going on and on and on. And from there you'll see the statement, to turn off the TV and turn on life. Turn off the TV and you'll see the life coming out. In conclusion, dear brothers and sisters, today is the beginning of a new day, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the will to do whatever we want in this day. Now we can either take that will and do something good and beneficial, Or we can do something bad and something wasteful. But dear brothers and sisters, this day and tomorrow, once tomorrow comes, the day will be gone. It will be gone. And it's important because in replacement of this day, you're exchanging your life for it. And so tomorrow, when this day is gone, may it insha'Allah be gone with something that will linger on your right side that'll be recorded on your right side and that on the day of judgment it'll be said that on this day Abdullah did something good and did something beneficial inna allahu <laughs> wa malaikatahu yussalluna ala ya ayyuha allatheena aminu sallu alayhi wa taslima allahumma salli muhammad wa muhammad kama sallayta ala ibrahim wa ala ali ibrahim wa barik ala muhammad wa ali muhammad kama barakta ala ibrahim wa ala ali ibrahim innaka hamidun majid
0: In conclusion, we ask Allah that He brings you benefit through this lecture. For more information, you may contact us through the following address. The Islamic Propagation Office, Rabwa, P.O. Box 29465, Riyal 11457, Saudi Arabia. Phone 445-4900. Also 491-6065 Facts 497-0126 If you would like to listen to more beneficial lectures, feel free to visit our website at www.islamhouse.com Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh